Hello, welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. This is the podcast, one topic, one hour. No guest today, just me alone talking, which means uh, I'll be probably second guessing almost everything I say because uh, I, I don't believe in myself. What a what a what a what an uh, an unconfident way to start this podcast, and appropriately so, because today we talk about fear, but not before we plug things, because I'm afraid if I don't plug these things, you won't buy them, and then where are we? Then what's the state of the world when you live like that? Uh, Go buy the new album, Mistakes Were Made, the B-sides, double CD worth of stuff. It's not an actual CD, because... God forbid anybody buys a tangible fucking product anymore. But, you know, it's a thing. Yeah, it's on your iTunes and your Amazons, and uh, you go and you download it, and it's 10 bucks. Enjoy it. Leave a review if you like it. If you don't like it, just leave it alone. Um, I think that's it for now as far as plugs go. I got a bunch of shows coming up in the uh, southeast in December, southeastern United States, Atlanta, and other southern areas, uh, check joederosacomedy.com for details on that. Um, but uh, we're going to be doing some big shows. So anyway, here we go. Here it begins. The fear. I want to. I love this subject so much. I love it so much. Uh, I want to start by reading a definition of fear. Uh, I think we all know what it is, but why not? Why not? Let's try to make this sound professional. Fear is an emotion induced by a threat perceived by living entities, which causes a change in brain and organ function, and ultimately a change in behavior, such as running away, hiding, or freezing from traumatic events. Uh, Fear may occur in response to a specific stimulus happening in the present or to a future situation, which is perceived as risk or health or life, a risk to health or life, excuse me, status, power, security, or in the case of humans, wealth, or anything held valuable. Wow. Well, right off the bat, I relate to that part. Uh, They're, of course, talking about anticipation, uh, anxiety. I I am, oh, so familiar with anxiety. Why? Because it's my alarm clock. It wakes me up every morning. Every morning, I feel the stomach ache. I know it is. I know that the sun is up. As long as my stomach hurts, I know the sun has risen yet again in the sky. I don't need to hear a rooster. I don't need to hear birds chirping. I don't need to hear uh, the coffee percolating or, or smell the bacon sizzling. I. That's it. Stomach ache. I'm awake. And uh, here we go. We're off and running with everything that we're usually worried about on a daily basis. Uh, which for me, you know, you want to talk about future anticipation of, or anticipation of the future and what are you worrying about? Career, just picture that completely falling apart at any minute, you know? I mean, I feel so lucky that, you know, right now I'm in Philly doing shows uh, at the moment. By the time this podcast comes out, I will be gone. Uh gone, like the morning mist. Um, But right now I'm in Philly. I feel so lucky that people come out to to watch the shows and to listen to me and and they laugh and they show really nice support. It's very, very generous of them. Um, But you know, 
I wait for the day that the four wheels are going to just fly off of that bus and this thing's going to go headfirst into a ravine. I basically look at life as having zero stability. I define life as jackhammering on a sheet of ice at all times. It's just a matter of time before the ground breaks from underneath your feet and you fall neck deep into a icy pool of of death, drowning, and hypothermia. I mean, it's just, you know, what is guaranteed in this life? Nothing. Death is random. Your career path is random. Um, you know, it's all basically a roll of the dice. So I don't know how you don't have anxiety about the future, no matter what your career is. How do you not worry about it? I don't know how people don't worry about it. How do you not worry about people stabbing you in the back? I mean, my God almighty, read history at all. Just read any history ever. It's just riddled with people, friends, friends. You know, it starts with the famous, that doesn't even start there. It starts with, you know, let's say Jesus. Before that, Cain and Abel starts with. Cain killed Abel right there, right off the bat. The second two people that ever lived, at least according to the Bible, they were brothers. One guy killed the other. There was only four people, if you read that Bible story, uh, four people on the earth at that time. Adam and Eve, the parents, and then Cain and Abel, the two kids. And one of the kids killed the other because, I don't know, he, was, he wanted to lie to God or something like that, and he killed his brother. Right off the bat, here we go. We're off and running with the nature of man. Jump up a few hundred years, thousand years, whatever it is, and then uh, Jesus... How's he die? Best friend sells him out, completely sells him out for like 30 bucks. That's the end of that guy. Uh, then you get up and you look at uh, Caesar, best friend, Brutus, A2 Brute, A2 Brute, stabbed him in the back, literally, literally stabbed him in the back, and at work when they were at work. Uh, so there you go. There's, there's a double fear for you. That's, that's a backstabbing fear in the literal sense. And it happened in the workplace. So uh, there you go. I mean, it's just, it's, it's what people do. It's what people do. So how do you not have some kind of weird anxiety that the people surrounding you are, are plotting against you at all times? Does anybody else feel like that? Am I the only one that feels like that? Am I the only person that feels like everybody around me is plotting against me at all times? And I don't know what they're plotting for. I don't have an empire. I don't even have what one would refer to as an estate after I'm dead. There won't be, a, when I die, there won't be an estate. I, that sounds so regal, doesn't it? When somebody dies and they go, well, the, the handlers of his estate have decided to release uh, the, the, some posthumous uh, recordings, uh, you know, the, 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 un, the, the unreleased albums. Uh, are going to be released by his estate. You always hear that when a performer dies. Uh, there probably, by the way, guys, there will be no posthumous releases when I'm gone. Uh, anything I have that I can release, I do release because I am so painfully afraid of not being loved at all times that I that I just want to give anything to the public at any point that will make them say, uh, "Yeah, we we kind of like you still." Anyway. I'm not going to have an estate is the point. 
so and I'm not going to have an empire. So who's plotting against me? I don't run a Fortune 500 corporation. I don't have any money stashed away. I don't have some kind of map that leads to some secret treasure somewhere that people might want. I don't have any government secrets that I know about. I don't think I do. Who knows? They could be implanted in there and I don't know. That's how government secrets work a lot of the time. If there's like a chip or something in my head, a lot of time you don't even know it's there. And and even if you tell people it's there, they don't believe you. Nobody's going to stab me in the back, yet I worry about it. Or maybe they will stab me in the back, but who cares? But I worry about it. How do you not worry about it? I don't know how to not worry about it. I worry about God. I worry about God. Because in my opinion, if God does exist, he's not a loving God. He's a vengeful God. That's the only God I think about. I don't think about a loving, nurturing God, the white beard guy that everybody talks about that that looks like Santa Claus, tells you to come sit on his lap, you made it to heaven. He's going to just kind of pat you on the back and tells you he understands your human nature. I wasn't raised on that God. I was raised on the Old Testament God, the one that smites people. Never knew what that meant. Still don't know what it means. I just know it's bad that God smites people. That's the God I'm thinking. So I worry because I don't believe in God that when I die, God's going to actually exist. And then, and then, then you got a problem. Then what do you do? What do you do when you wind up in heaven and God grabs you by the throat because you were an atheist your whole life and goes, hey, I heard you were talking shit. I heard you were running your fucking mouth down there. I'm not real. I'm not fucking real. Really? I'm not fucking real? Do I, do I look not real to you? That's what I picture God doing to me. And then sending me to hell, which is another place I don't believe in. I don't believe the devil and the devil. I don't believe that hell exists, but I believe I'll be sent there and I worry about it. Uh, and last but not least, on my short list of immediate fears that I was able to jot down, on this piece of paper, uh, as I half-assedly prepared to do this podcast, uh, I have women fears. Why? Not because I think women are are evil or a threat, but I am a man that dates women, so that means I have dating fears and fears related to women. You know, will I will I get married one day? Will I end up not being married? Will I? Will that be okay if I'm not? Will it be okay if I am? Will I be trapped in a loveless marriage? Will, but will I be free without marriage in a loveless life? Will uh, the woman I'm married to murder me in my sleep one night, like you see on all those Lifetime movies? Uh, speaking, just to sidetrack for a second, Lifetime and uh, the, you know what? I don't have a beef with Lifetime as far as I know, because I haven't seen any of their programming recently, but the We Network Holy shit. It is, oh my God. I just saw an ad today for that, what's her name? Braxton, the, the Braxton sister show, Vin, T- Tamara and Vince, whatever the hell it's called. This is, this is the entertainment they put on, the We Network. This is what's supposed to be like empowering women on the all-women entertainment network, putting women on there that behave like like the worst people, like the worst people in the whole world ever, ever that 
I never even saw the show. I just saw the ad for it today, and I was like, "This is this can't be real. This looks like this looks like a sketch that you would do to make fun of the We Network programming." And it's no, it's totally real. Uh, I they got to get some documentaries or something going on there. Get geez, for Christ's sakes, do do one thing about Susan B. Anthony or you know. Uh, or, or a Steinem piece, something, guys. My God Almighty! What? It, what is? It's got to be a man that owns that network. It can't be a woman going. This is what is good for the women, right? I, I don't know. It's got that has nothing to do with fear. I just, I couldn't believe my eyes when I was watching it. And they were like, "She's a recording star. Who is she? I know she's Tony Braxton's sister. That's all I know." They were saying she's got albums out and she's playing sold out shows. Are people kicking in doors to go see Tony Braxton's sister? Who cares? When I was growing up, Michael Jackson was like the biggest dude. He was like the guy, you know? And you know what? He had a bunch of brothers that nobody gave a shit about. Nobody gave a shit about the Jackson brothers. Nothing against them. But once it wasn't the Jackson Five, which really was just you know Michael Jackson and and, and a band. Sorry guys, it's I'm, just, I'm not trying to shit on anybody here, but it's the truth. You know nobody was nobody was going out to get the uh, the Tito Jackson records. It, just nobody was. You know Janet, that was like a miracle that she got her own recognition. So who my point is is who and she's great. I'm not saying Janet Jackson is she's immensely talented. I'm just saying like. That was like a a crazy anomaly that two siblings from one family made it as big as they did. Now, they're giving the Tito Jackson a TV show, except it's Braxton. I don't even care about Tony Braxton. Is, Is she famous still? This is so negative. This is, here we go. Here's paranoia now that I'm being too negative about what I'm talking, I swear to God, that's what's happening right now. I'm being too, ne- I feel, I'm afraid I'm being too negative and taking too many shots at, at Tony Braxton. I'm scared. like, she's going to hear this. Like Tony Braxton is going to go, I got to get the new episode of Joe DeRosa's podcast. I got to listen to that jackass ramble into a headset as he sits in front of his uh, MacBook Air in a hotel in Philly. By the way, I am on my headset microphone right now because I'm traveling ernie once again, so if this doesn't sound as good as usual, I apologize, but uh, what are you going to do, people? I'm bringing it to you no matter what. No matter what the circumstance, I bring it to you. Now, let's get into some of my sillier fears. Snakes. Deathly afraid of them. When I was a kid, I was so scared of snakes, and none of my friends believed me. They thought that I just uh, did that because I, they thought I would just say that because I liked Indiana Jones and I wanted to be like Indiana Jones and that I was faking that I had a fear of snakes. It's not fake. They scare the shit out of me. I, I'm 37 years old. I still believe that snakes are slimy. I still believe that. I still completely believe that if you touched a snake, it would be slimy when you felt it. How, would, how does their skin do that? How does their skin glisten like that, yet it's dry? What, what is that? That's weird. That's weird. That's ungodly. That's an abomination as far as I'm concerned. Snakes, in my opinion, do everything that no other creature on earth should ever do. They have poison in their fangs. 
they slither, they move side to side instead of forward, even though they don't have arms and legs. That's fucking weird. Uh, they do want to kill you. They want to hurt you. You can take all that, that, you know, hey, they're more scared of you bullshit and shove it up your ass where it belongs. Snakes want to kill you at all times. That's their only intent in life. That's their only goal is to harm you. I don't like them. I don't like them. They got a forked tongue like a little like demon baby would have. They're abominations. They're horrible creatures. They're freaky. They're, they're super humanly fast. Again, they don't have arms or legs, yet they can somehow pounce at you, which is impossible. They're, they're like otherworldly creatures. They're gross. They're disgusting. I know why in the Bible they made the devil the snake, because that's what he is. He's a fucking snake. And that's what a snake is, is he's the devil, and vice versa. And it goes both ways, and you know what I'm saying. Heights. Is that a silly fear? I don't know. I'm freaked out about heights. I can't do Like, I go to the top of a building. No, I don't. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, all the, all the time I go to the top of a building and I just stand up there with my arms out like the boy who could fly. <sighs> and then somebody comes along and says, what are you doing up there, Joe? And I say, I'm conquering my fear. I say it stoically, like a young Bruce Wayne on the Gotham TV show, which, by the way, I love. Why is everybody shitting on this TV show? I love the Gotham TV show so much. I love the Penguin so much. Robin Lord Taylor is my new favorite actor on TV. Um, I love the guy that plays the Riddler. Uh, I'm, digging, I'm digging the young Bruce Wayne. I like the Alfred guy. I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving Gordon and uh, Bullock, Donald Loge hitting a home run again in the acting department. Everybody's great in the whole thing. I, I love it. Everyone's complaining about that episode where the guy puts people on weather balloons and they lift up into the sky. You know, like, that's stupid. It's too silly. These are the same people that complain that the show's not fun enough. And then you do, you do like a fun, goofy criminal thing, and then they go, that's dumb. Shut up. Shut up. I read an article the other day. It said Gotham is the worst thing, the most disrespectful thing to happen to Batman since Joel Schumacher. Are you out of your fucking mind? Are you out of your fucking mind? I know it's not perfect. The most disrespectful thing to happen to Batman since Joel Schumacher. That's like saying uh, Eddie Van Halen is the most disrespectful thing to happen to guitar since C.C. DeVille. No, sorry. Sorry, no. It's just not the same. Okay, so please, shut up. Gotham's a good show. What was I talking about? Sidetracked on the goddamn Gotham thing. Heights. I'm afraid of them. Now, if I go into an, this is what I mean. If I go into an apartment and, um, like, if the apartment's up on a high floor, you know? Like, you're up on, like, let's say... I say I got to go, I'm talking, I got to go at least 35 floors. Talking, we get up around 35 floors, I start getting scared. Um, I can't do it. Like, uh, I remember I was over David Tell's apartment once, and he had a balcony. Was that a name drop? I didn't mean to name. I, uh, was it? I don't know. God almighty. I am literally... 
fucking riddled with paranoia. I, could I second guess any more that comes out of my mouth? Is, is it possible? And I'm not doing that just for this fear episode. See, now I'm paranoid that you think I'm just doing it because it's the... I'm not. If you listen to past episodes, I do this all the time. Um, that's why we're talking about fear because I'm fearful. I'm not acting fearful because we're talking about fear. Do you get it? Do you get that? Do you get the difference? Good. Good. Uh, I was at a friend's apartment there. Now I'm not name dropping anymore. Um, but anyway, no, he had a, he had a balcony. His apartment was on a high floor and he had a balcony and, uh, and I went out on it and I couldn't, I had to go inside. I couldn't do it. I was like, it was like freaking me out. I can't like, uh, oh, forget it, man. A high balcony. I don't know why I get, when I'm on a high balcony, I get overcome with the urge. I don't, it's not an urge to jump off. It's not like I want to jump off of this right now. I just start having these really crazy, vivid fantasies of me jumping off and falling. Um, I, 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 I can't explain it. It's, it's not like I'm standing there going, I should leap off of this thing. I just picture it happening, probably because I'm scared of it, the idea of it happening, so I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, and then I just keep picturing it over and over and over again. And, and I can't do it. I get like, I get like lightheaded and stuff and I won't do it. I have to go inside. It, it freaks me out. I can't like, even if I'm in an enclosed room that's very, very high up, uh, in the, in the, you know, on a high floor and I, I can't do the thing where you put your head against the window or like if you're able to look down from the window, it God, I'm, I'm getting like queasy right now. Just thinking about it. It really freaks me out. Worse than snakes. Worse than snakes. I'm scared of heights. Yet I'm okay with flying, which is weird. Flying doesn't freak me out, and I wish I could fly. Go figure. I wish I could fly, and flying in an airplane doesn't scare me. I hate flying in an airplane, not because uh, of the height or the act of flying itself, uh, because the airline system and airport system is the most godforsaken cunting fucking thing that has ever existed aside from that i don't mind it i don't mind it aside from the bureaucratic system of the average airport and the bureaucratic system of the average airline meeting under the same shitty miserable roof and imposing the worst cunting revolting annoying process that could ever be imposed on a human being uh, that makes me wish death upon myself and others the entire time I have to experience it. Aside from that, I don't mind flying. Um, but yeah, flights freak me out, man. I have, I have like these vivid uh, fantasies about, by the way, latest, latest fear in this podcast. I just said it makes me wish death upon myself and others. And as soon as I said that, I was like, Oh, well, now they don't get that you meant like just like you're, you wish you were dead so you didn't have to experience this right now. They're going to put you on a watch list because that sounds like you're saying you're making some like kind of like threatening com. That's not what I was doing. I was just saying I wish I was dead. I wasn't saying like, you, you know what I mean? You know what I mean, right? I'm afraid to keep talking about it. I'm afraid the more I talk about it, the more it's the worse it's going to make it. I just meant when I said I wish death upon myself and others that, that I was just dead. And it would, I get angry at other people. I get real angry at other people 
when I'm in the airport because uh, I'm so angry at the, the whole process. I'm so angry. I, I look at, I, I remember one time, I, like, I, get, I get so hateful when I'm there. I remember one time there was a guy, the security line was real long. And, uh, and it, and it was, it was like taken forever. And then when I finally got to the front and saw the security guy that was like taking too long to check everybody's IDs, I looked at his name tag and his, his last name was love dear. And I, I thought in my head, I was so angry. I thought, do you, do you love dear? Then why don't you go fuck one? You asshole. That's what I thought. I wasn't like trying to be like funny to myself or anything. Like I just thought that because it made me so mad that he was taking so long. I get that's what I mean about how angry I get in the uh, in the airport. Anyway, I have these vivid fantasies. That's what I was going to talk about. I have these vivid, vivid uh, sleep fantasies. I call them where I will be lying in bed and my I think a lot about dying. <laughs> you know. Because I'm healthy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm your, your average healthy guy who thinks about dying all the time. Um, anyway, I think about dying a lot, but mostly when I'm in bed at night going to sleep is when I really think about it. And I'll have these like, this is just like the thing when I'm on the balcony and I think about like falling off of it or whatever. I'll be in bed and I'll just have these like super, super vivid fantasies of me uh, driving my car and I'm like texting or something or doing something I shouldn't be doing while I'm driving. And th- I have these horrible, horrific car crash fantasies in my head. Uh, and it's, they're horrible. They're horrible. They're so, they get so vivid and so graphic that I literally, literally have to like shake, physically shake it off. Like I'll be laying in my bed and I'll like go into one and I'll, I'll just, I, I wonder what it looks like. Cause I live alone. I, you know, I mean, I bet I wouldn't ever do it in front of like a girl I'm like dating, but like if I was married, I couldn't help but start doing it because, you know, you just get used to the person being there. So I wonder what I would look like when I go into these fantasies. It probably looks like I'm in some kind of crazy fucking, it probably looks like exactly what's happening, that I'm in some kind of a death trance in my bed. But I just go into this like, I just go in this dead stare and I start thinking about, I don't know why, I don't enjoy it, it freaks me out. And they get so vivid. I'll see, I'll see like the crash happening and the flames and the blood. And I'll, and I'll have to go like that. You can't see me shaking, but I just like, like shook my whole body when I, when I made that noise to get out of it, man. Oh, it's so crazy. It's crazy. That's my Sam Rockwell impression. Have I ever done that on this podcast? I think I have, right? That's my Sam Rockwell. It's crazy. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, I'm not crazy, okay? Hey, you're crazy. Um, dying. That's my biggest fear. Dying's my biggest fear. And uh, I've talked about it, I think, at pretty decent length on previous episodes of this podcast. Um, but God damn, it scares me. I mean, it's, I got to mention it at least a little bit here. It, it, it's just... Uh, a therapist told me once, you're not afraid of dying... You're, she said, why are you afraid of dying? And I said, because I'm afraid I'm going to die and I'm not going to get to do this or that or, and, and I, you know, these are my goals and what if I don't get to them and all this, right? And she said, you're not afraid of dying. You're, you're afraid of not having enough time. And um, that's a really nice way to look at it. But no, no, I'm, I'm afraid of dying. 
I'm afraid of dying. It will probably hurt when it happens. Um, it will probably either be really long uh, and drawn out or way too short, which in that scenario, I don't know which I prefer. I don't know if I prefer it was terrible. He was walking and uh, he slipped off a curb and a car ran over his head. He didn't even know what hit him. Or, uh, yeah, he was in uh, hospice for seven years. I don't know which of those scenarios I prefer. If you can see it coming from a mile away or, you, you know, you were on your way to get a hoagie and next thing you know, blackness. Oh, the thought of that, Jesus Christ. But think, really think, I, listen, let's do something right now. I want to do something. For everybody, especially, especially the people that say they're not afraid of dying, let's do something with me right now. Let's just sit. And I want you to think for a minute, okay? You're lying in a bed. You're lying in a bed. All is quiet. You're alive. All is fine. All is quiet. All is peaceful. Then you shut your eyes, and they never open again. Just think about that for a minute. Just think about that eternal blackness. Nothing. A void. Think about it right now. I'm going to be silent so you can think about it. Think about it right now. Oh! Fuck you. That's so fucking scary. That is so fucking scary. Fuck you, man. Why would I do that? Why did I do that to us? Why did I just do that? Why did I do that? It's crazy. Why did you do that? Um, anyway, I don't know, man. Dying freaks me out. Yeah, part of it is time. You don't have enough time to do all the stuff you want to do. Of course, that's part of it. But, you know, uh, I don't know. There's more to it than that. The, the fear of not existing is the scariest part of it to me. Just not being anymore. Knowing that you'll... That's it. Like, you'll. It's. I. Here's what trips me up about it. I'm scared. The idea of being forgotten freaks me out. Like, because there will come a time. Ooh, we're getting into it now. There will come a time when you're you're forgotten by all that ever lived, unless you become, you know, so famous or do something so like you know landmark or you know historical or whatever that you're you're remembered through books or whatever whatever it is. But chances are. Chances are, all of us are, are you know, 99% of us will we'll reach a point where our legacy, whatever that is, by the way, that's another thing I'm not going to have. I'm not going to have an empire, an estate, or a legacy. I always wanted to have a legacy. Doesn't that sound great? His legacy. I have, what do I, I have nothing. I have nothing. His legacy were, uh, were, was a string of comedy albums where he whined, bitched, and moaned. There you go. There you go, universe. That was my contribution. Um, it's The time's going to come when you're forgotten. Oh, man, then what do you do? And then, but it's, it's an unsolvable problem for me because the idea of being completely forgotten forever, I don't, I don't mean it in like, a, in like a, a notoriety or like a fame sense. Like, I want to be remembered for my work. I don't mean it like that. I just mean like, it freaks me out to think there will come a time where everybody I know now is dead. Everybody I ever knew is dead, would be dead. And then you just, it will be like you didn't exist. It will be like you didn't exist. 
the average person that lives in the house you live in right now won't know that you who you were. That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. I live in a house that's over 50 years old right now. Now, that's not terribly old, but chances are somebody that lived in that house before me is now dead, and I have no idea who they are. The person who built that house is probably dead, and I have no idea who that person is. Zero. And I'm living in the thing they built. Wah! <sighs> Terrible. So that's what I mean when it's scary to think about being forgotten. But then also, it wouldn't make me feel any better if somebody was like, you're going to be remembered forever. That wouldn't make me feel any better either. We do nothing for me because I'm not alive. I want to be alive. I want to be. That's fucking nuts to me when people say like, when you read those like parables about like, uh, you know, about like the, the, you know, somebody getting eternal life and wanting it. And then it's a curse and all this. Fuck you. I would love that. I would love that. If you, if a, if the devil walked in this room right now and said, you can live forever, no catch. You don't have to give me your soul or anything because you'll never die. You can just live forever and I'm the devil and only I can make an, an evil thing like that happen. I would take it in a second, in a second, just unlimited time to do whatever you want and, and see how the world progresses and live forever and just, oh, I'm so... It annoys me every one of those stories. Somebody goes, I had to watch all the ones I love die. Yeah, and then you get new ones you love when you're on your 12th career because you went to school eight times. Oh, man, I would do it in a fucking second. Oh, that would be so great. Anyway, let's get into some other people's fears. I looked up some fear lists here online. Um, By the way, before we do that, this kind of made me laugh. Uh, I was looking up, like, you know, what are the most... I typed in fear medications because I wanted to see what the most popular medications for fear were. And most of the things that came up on Google were about the fear of taking medicine. And I was like, holy shit. What if you had anxiety and you needed to take medicine for your anxieties, but your, but your main anxiety was the fear of taking medicine? talk about a paradox that just fucked my head up. So, so bad. So good. Just thinking about that, that endless loop that you would be on that unfixable problem. Um, but here are some of the top 10 lists of, uh, of fears, top 10 phobia. I pulled up two because I found two very different ones. One are, I guess more, you know, sort of concrete fears you could say. And the other is, you know, more abstract fears. Arachnophobia, which we've all seen the movie. <laughs> My only fear when it comes to arachnophobia is watching the movie Arachnophobia. Okay, but uh, I don't have a fear of spiders, but other people do. It says this phobia tends to affect women more than men. That makes sense, I guess. Because I picture a, a woman more being like, it's icky, kill it, it's a spider. I never heard of a guy calling a girl over to his apartment at two in the morning because there was a spider in the bathroom, like that scene in Annie Hall. Um, oh, here's the name of snakes, by the fear of snakes, by the way. I never knew what this was. Ophidiophobia. That's the fear of snakes. Ophidiophobia. 
Um, I'd like to look up what the hell a fidio, a fidio means. We'll come back to it. Acrophobia, fear of heights. Now we have a name for it. You probably all did, but I'm dumb and I don't read things, even when they pertain to my life. Uh, agoraphobia, fear of situations in which escape is difficult. That's interesting. I always thought of agoraphobia was strictly the fear of people. It's not. It's actually the fear of just being trapped in like a you know crowded area or a situation, it says here, that is likely to trigger a panic attack. Uh, people will begin avoiding these trigger events, sometimes to the point that they can't leave their home. Uh, that's, that's intense. I mean, I get a little social anxiety, but never like that. I mean, but here's the thing. Out of all the fears on this list, um, because there's a few more I'm going to read off, that's the most reasonable one to me. Agoraphobia. Yeah. Fear of being in like sort of public places and, and public situations. Yeah, there's fucking lunatics out there, and many of them are armed to the teeth. Yeah, it's scary. Sometimes I'm just walking down the street, and I'm freaked the fuck out, because I'm like, any one of these people could be a psycho and do God knows what right now. You never know. You never know. It's so crazy. It's so creepy. So, I, hey, you're agoraphobic. I don't blame you. And look, stay home. You got Amazon. You got Seamless. And Grubhub, have the food and the products delivered to your door. Uh, you need a job from home, become a cam girl or guy. Show you a little clam there on the old internet. Jeez, oh, always oh, showing his clam. Uh, and make some money, and, and there you go. You know, make a career out of fingering yourself online. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, here's xenophobia, the fear of dogs. I never got that one at all. Um, fear of spiders, I don't get as much. I get, I get it because some spiders are poisonous and spiders are also terrifying looking. They look like alien crabs. Um, but fear of dogs, I never understood. I mean, I understood being like freaked out by like a pit bull or Doberman, you know, you know, German shepherd, like one of those dogs that has a reputation for being, you know, potentially vicious. But like, if you're, if you have xenophobia, I love how I'm saying it now like I always knew that word. Um, you know, <laughs> your typical cinephobe. Um, you know, are they scared of like, like, a, like a little like terrier, like a Benji dog? I think, I don't know. I think they are. I would look it up right now, guys, to be honest with you. But there's so many more fears here I want to get to. And I don't want to get too bogged down on the dog one. Plus, we still have to see what the word... Uh, or the root of aphidiophobia means aphidio. Um, all right, we'll look up the dog thing too. Let's just let's just do both of these right now, okay? All right, are you happy? Ophidio first. Let's see what this says. Uh, it's Greek for snake, okay? Could have figured that out if I spent two seconds thinking about it. Uh, and let's see, xenophobia. Fear of dogs. Uh, I'm going to Wikipedia. Here's what Wikipedia has to say about this old fear. Um, is an abnormal fear of dogs classified as a specific phobia under the subtype of animal phobias? Okay. So 
I guess, let's see, now let's see, see, now we're in the fucking Wikipedia wormhole. Now I got to see what specific phobia means. Specific phobia is any kind of anxiety disorder, disorder that amounts to an unreasonable or irrational fear related to exposure to specific object or situation. Isn't that all phobias? Isn't everything, everything is a situation and many things are specific objects. I don't know. It's so, it's so, all right, specific for all, whatever. Um, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to see if it can tell us what, it says age, let's see, age of the dog fear, of the person who suffers from the dog fear. It's between the ages of five and nine, oh, okay, five and nine. So um, more common in females than males. Okay. Really? So little girls are scared of dogs? That's what this is? Christ almighty. Didn't you think we were going to learn something really cool there? Like they were going to be like the average cinephobe. <laughs> the average cinephobe has to cross the street if he even, if he, if he even senses that there might be a poodle three blocks away. Didn't you think there was going to be something really cool like that? Some crazy fear? No, instead it's like, little girls are scared of dogs. Yeah, okay, thanks. Um, uh, this is astrophobia, fear of thunder and lightning. Yeah, I mean, look, sure. Thunder is kind of scary because it, it's loud. Sounds like an explosion is going off over your head. And then lightning can strike you. So, you know, yeah, it's a little freaky. I'll give you, you know, anytime a beam of electricity could rain down out of the sky into your head, because that's where it strikes you, in your head, I believe. Because uh, that's the top part, as John Mulaney called it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fucking scary. Uh, tri- tri- trip, trip, God damn. <laughs> I should never read. This is why I've never read on this podcast. Tripa, trypanophobia? Trypanophobia? It's the fear of needles and injections. Fuck off. Uh, they hurt, sure. Social phobias. We talked a little bit about that already. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the fear of flying one. I'm not, Fuck off. I'm not even going for that one. Uh, let's go to this other list here. I can't say it, guys. I'm sorry. And I'm embarrassed now and I feel stupid and I'm not going to try to read it. Uh, fear of public speaking. This one obviously interests me because I'm a comedian, and I still get this a little bit. I still get a little fear of, like, sometimes before a show, I get a little nervous still. And, like, if I really start to think about it, I'll get a little, like, wigged out. Um, not so much these days, but but it can happen. Um, I guess I, people are, you know, are terrified of embarrassing themselves in front of a group of people. Let me tell you, folks, you don't need to worry about it. Take it from me, a man who has been booed off of stages uh, and threatened physically by audience members. It'll be fine. Nothing happens, and you and you're fine, and and that's the end of it. You know, it's you walk away to bomb another day. It's fine. Like I'm, I'm really making it sound very eight mileish right now. You know, yo man, I've been kicked off and booed off and chewed up and spit off and spit out and chewed off state, whatever the fuck the line is. Um, fear of the dark, uh, this fear that stems from childhood, says the person who wrote this blog, 
but it may well last into adulthood. This is one of the most irrational of the top 10 fears and needs to be faced up to one way or another. Who the fuck is this guy to say it's irrational? If only I could find out who wrote this blog by quickly scrolling to the top of it. Who wrote this? I don't like how the guy is judging the fears and saying that it's that, you know, one is more rational than another. By the way, his name isn't on here. Where the hell's the author's name? God damn it. The author. Like, it's War and Peace. It's a fucking blog a guy wrote in 10 minutes. Um, anyway, uh, look, fear of dark is freaky, man. You don't know what's out. Fear of dark to me is, is actually quite rational because it's the fear of the unknown. You can't see what's out there. And bad shit happens in the dark. Most people, I think, probably get murdered in the dark. Your house gets robbed in the dark. Uh, carjackings, a lot of the time at night. Um, haunted houses are dark. Vampires can only go out in the dark. The dark's no good. What, what, what do you want with the dark? It's no good. You leave the dark alone. Ooh, fear of intimacy. Here's one. Mm-hmm. And fear of commitment and fear of rejection. Those are three separate fears that could all be blended together and described as, quote, the reason I'm not married, unquote. I mean, I, you know, look, intimacy, fear, I get it. You're afraid of being judged. That's, w- that's what I think that is. That's what it is for me. You get too intimate with somebody, you're afraid of the judgment that might come from it. They'll see the real you, and they will judge you for it, uh, in, in, in not, in not constructively. Uh, fear of rejection, of course. Fear of, oh, okay, now under fear of rejection, this guy has, this is probably my own number one fear. That I think when he was saying this is the most irrational fear, he was talking about himself, not other people, when he said about fear of the dark. No, he's not, because he says, like, under the public speaking, when he says, this one's understandable to me. I don't know, maybe he was talking about, if, buddy, if you're talking about yourself, I apologize. And if you're a lady, I apologize for calling you buddy. And to all women, I apologize that I assumed a man wrote this. But at the same time, I should get points for it because it was arrogantly written, and I, I attributed that to men. Um, fear of rejection. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's, to me, a lot like the intimacy fear because ultimately what you're afraid of is the rejection. Commitment, I think, also it has a lot to do with rejection. I think fear of rejection really covers intimacy and commitment. Um, because who wants to be cast aside? Who wants to be told you're not worth loving or I can't love you? I mean, that's a, that's terrible, you know, because you think of something more hurtful. I just got a little sad when I said it just now. Somebody love me, please. Um, that was a joke, by the way. I wasn't serious. Finally, fear of failure, uh, which we already talked about, and that's, I think, like sort of the career thing. Um, I want to hear, though, what some of your fears are, which is why we go to the phones, in other words, Twitter, um, and we've got a few, uh, we've got a good number of people writing in today about their fears. Let's see who says what. Um, Quinn Wright, you can follow Quinn at, at Wright, which is W-R-I-G-H-T-O-N-T-A-R-G-E-T, Right on target. Very clever, Quinn he writes Insidious or The Conjuring, yes, uh, horror movies. It, that's what's interesting uh, about my fears is I'm a fearful person, yet I love horror movies. They're my favorite thing in the world. Uh, Insidious, definitely. 
Um, I, I love both movies, uh, and I found them both scary, but Insidious is much more scary. And horror movies don't really scare me. When I say, oh, it's scary, I mean, like, you know, it got me to jump a few times, but I don't watch horror movies biting my nails or anything or covering my eyes. I really love them. Um, so, because it's a fantasy fear. I like it. I am one of those people that enjoys being, like, like jolted, jolt scared by a horror movie or a little freaked out with the lights out or whatever. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I don't ball up on the couch and, and put, to do the thing where I have my arms around my legs, like where you're holding your knees to your chest. I don't do that. That'd be so great if I did though, if that's how I watched horror movies by myself. Uh, Adam Ramsey at Adam Ramsey wrote a great band fear. They are a great band. Thank you. Uh, check them out. This is Eddie G at E D D Y G E E E E E E E. I think that was the right amount of E's. Why is my three-year-old scared to go out on Halloween? He keeps telling me it's too dark to go out because it's fear of the dark. <laughs> that's exactly what we we're just, not that you could hear what we were just talking about, but that's a, you know, yeah, it's the dark. The fucking dark is scary. Especially if you're a kid. You don't know what's out there. It could be goddamn ghouls and zombies. Uh, this is from uh, Joe from Big Bean. Always writes in. Uh, big supporter of the show. Thank you, Joe. At Dirt Fiction. Uh, this is Handle. In the future, when we have space travel to go to Mars or the moon, people will have fear of dying in outer space. Absolutely. I, every time I watch a space movie, I'm like, why are these people not freaked out about dying in the cold blackness of space? I, I, I don't understand. Uh, what are you doing? Why are you out there? Why are you out there? It makes no sense. Um, this is from Ilbro Baggins. The I N D I G E is his uh, handle. Afraid I'll be lonely forever. Never find love. Die alone. Duh. Yep. Yep. Me too. We talked about it. This is from Nate Foreman. Uh, these people are all supporters of the podcast, guys. By the way, I really appreciate you writing in every week. Thank you so much, seriously. Uh, at Nate Foreman, is the appeal of horror movies and Halloween based on the adrenaline rush of primal fear? If it is, is it healthy? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's part of it. I just like, for me, horror movies are an escape. I, I There's nothing, I, I'm not a huge fan of like, like hardcore true to life slasher horror movies like you know like wolf creek is a good horror movie but i wasn't that into it because it was too much like a depraved news story that you would just read in fact i think it might have been based on a true story so it's disturbing and frightening in its own ways but like i didn't enjoy watching it because i can't escape into it i'm like this is just like watching really bad bad meaning disturbing news footage um it's too real like i like horror movies like the exorcist Nightmare on Elm Street, Fright Night, uh, Insidious, The Conjuring, um, Sinister. I like ones that have like supernatural elements that you can kind of get lost in because then it's just a fantasy. You know, like working in comedy, when I watch comedy, I enjoy it, but I'm analyzing it the whole time as a comic. And then when I watch drama, I'm trying to see how the story works. And, when I, and horror, I just kind of have fun and it's like who cares there's nothing about it that's going to remind me of my real life or my job or anything and uh and i get lost in it and uh the second part of your question if the appeal of horror movies is based on the adrenaline rush of primal fear is that healthy yeah i do think it's i i think that could be healthy 
I think it's good to sort of charge your fear battery once in a while. You know what I mean? Get yourself on your toes. It's just, it's similar to why I think it's actually healthy to play video games. I think they help. I think video games help great with your impulses, with your hand-eye coordination. I think it's a very healthy exercise. Um, and actually, f- video games can trigger your fear and stuff. They get pretty intense. So I think it's good to push those buttons once in a while. Uh, this is from at Clive Gulch. Follow him at at, at Clive Gulch, G-U-L-C-H. News is becoming fear porn. Are we being conditioned by the media or getting what human nature demands? Uh, I agree with that 100%. Um, no, I don't think we're getting, I don't think we're getting at all what we need to be getting. Uh, I think, I actually have a bit about this in my act right now, or it's, it's part of a bit where I talk about why I don't have cable TV and I talk about the 24 hour news cycle and how that, you know, they clearly don't have enough news to fill it up. So they sensationalize everything and try to scare the shit out of you. And basically I think like the joke is as if in two years, you'll turn on CNN. It won't even be news stories anymore. It'll just be a guy that jumps out like, bah! you know, and you're like, whoo, whoo, Oh, you got me. You got me good. That was a good scare today. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch the 24 hour news cycle. And I, I, I don't like watching the news period. Uh, I don't even like reading a lot of the news. Um, a friend of mine pointed out the other day that CNN.com has just become basically a tabloid uh, I essentially agree with that. Uh, I don't like this the, the way that Fox News handles their news either. It's very hard to find just like a sort of diplomatic, uh, I guess it's not that hard these days with so many news outlets, but you know, you kind of have to seek out that, 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 that even-keeled news outlet that just kind of presents everything object, obje, uh, objectionally, right? That, yeah, subjectively, objectively, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, and doesn't put some kind of alarming headline over the story. Um, and then if you're watching it, I mean, it's just, it's just the, the, the ticker going across the bottom and the graphics and, and the people arguing and, and everything is the end of the world. And, you know, it's that old Bill Hicks routine about, you know, he watches CNN, death, famine, AIDS, war. And then he looks outside and, and, he's, and it's crickets. You know, he's like, I'm not quite sure where they're reporting on this news or where this stuff is actually happening. Uh, you know, he called it out back then. And now, 20 years later, I make the same exact observation because I'm cutting edge and I've got my finger on the pulse, baby. This is from uh, Nolan at Quiet Sun. Uh, what are your top most frightening films of all time? Um, well, quick answer is The Exorcist. I think that's the scariest movie ever made. And I did a lot about The Exorcist on the episode about the devil. So um, this is from Creighton en- Engin? Engin? I don't know. At C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-E-N-G-E-N. Why does fear cross from being a healthy item that keeps us safe to something that holds us back? Wow. That's, oh, that's a good question, man. Um, well, look, as far as fear keeping you safe, um, you know, if you read, like, about the, the negative effects that Internet has on the brain and stuff, you know, there are studies that have been done that say the Internet basically, like, rabid Internet users, their brains look like drug, drug addicts. They have holes in their brain. Um, 
And the reasoning for that is, and you know, psychiatrists and therapists, psychologists, whatever, talk about this, that, you know, we're not that far out of like the sort of, we're not as far out of the caveman brain, the caveman brain as we think we are. And your brain is essentially still trained to be on high alert, as if you were a caveman uh, walking through a forest or a jungle and having to look over your shoulder because a lion might attack you at all times. And you have to be aware and alert that there are these dangers in the wild. Your brain still functions like that, even though we don't live, for the most part, in the wild anymore. So, you know, your fear keeping you safe is actually a healthy thing. You know, I do think it's good. I do think it's good to walk down the street and have a bit of that, a bit of that fear turned on. You look, you know, I was joking earlier about staying in the house. You don't want to be locked up in your house all the time. It doesn't, it's not living a life that's not healthy, but you also don't want to be walking around, you know, (laughs) you know, excuse me, do you know where I could deposit all this cash? You don't want to be that guy either. So you got to find the balance. The fear that keeps you safe is a good thing, but when you get too paranoid and start living like, uh, like you're in that fucking Simon Pegg movie where he writes about murderers and he can't leave his house anymore, God damn it, I wish I could remember the name of it. The references fly so much better when you remember the name of the thing you're referencing, but I don't. A fantastic fear of everything, that's what it's called. Um, you know, you start living like that, you're in trouble. So... Uh, you have your balance. It's a seesaw. Have safe on one side, have uh, utter paranoia on the other, and try to exist somewhere in the middle, the middle of that. You know what I mean? High alert versus utter paranoia. Somewhere in the middle of that is where you want to exist. And last but not least, at Treb, T-R-E-B, 4564 writes, well, I fear dangerous Joe. Uh, and uh, Yeah, you should. Because dangerous Joe is me. And I will tell you, if you are afraid of a man second-guessing everything, then I am your worst nightmare. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, that's the fear episode. I have to go now because I have to tweet about my shows tonight because I'm afraid nobody's going to show up. Uh, Welcome to my world. Uh, Some stuff we didn't get into. eh, Panic attacks. Drugs how they cause panic attacks, blah, blah, blah. Look it up on your own time, god damn it. What am I? What am I? What am I, a fucking, fucking encyclopedia here? You only get so much. You only get so much. I give you an hour for free. You go look up panic attacks. I don't know. Anyway, maybe we'll do another episode on panic attacks. Do we need to? Probably not. Does this podcast need to exist? Probably not. But hey, You keep listening to it, so thank you. Subscribe on iTunes.com or just on the iTunes app like everybody uses and not the official website version of it. Uh, You can also find uh, this podcast on Stitcher. You can also find us on JoeDeRosaComedy.com where you can also find all my upcoming show dates. Uh, Like us, follow us, all that bullshit, whatever you want to do. Leave a review if you like what you're hearing and buy the album Mistakes Were Made, the B-Sides coming uh, to you via iTunes and Amazon. It's out now. You can buy that, download it, and enjoy it. Ten bucks for two albums worth of stuff. What a deal. And again, I'll be uh, in the southeastern region in uh, December, just before Christmas, doing a bunch of shows. So check JoeDeRosaComedy.com for those dates and stuff. 
Don't be afraid. Come on out. Let's meet. Let's hug. Let's kiss. Let's kiss.